You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're it's like coming a fucking together. reinvented yeah. Kenny Powers, bro. It's like the best fucking thing ever. You got like the little George. Let me explain you to everyone. Like you got a little George Michael thing going on with your ear. You yeah. got a little dog, the bounty hunter. You got like one part <laughs> Def Leppard. One part Def Leppard going to the show. Yeah, like you yeah. look like you should be on a typhoon. Like literally yeah. looking for alligators. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got a little bit of bedazzle like with your own fucking name. Like it, dude. This guy, I swear to God, and he's got just a stash. So, like, if there's anything, <laughs> it, 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 nevertheless, the chains and the tats, it's very confusing. I don't know what would happen to you if you went to jail. But, like, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, people would be really confused. Be like, this guy looks really Southern, but, like, he has long hair, so do I... <laughs> Do I fight him or do I try? <laughs> what? What am I? What are we gonna do with this guy? Hey, welcome to another episode of 2020. My name is Corey Peza here, as always, with my cohorts in crime, Benny Goodman and Siobhan Cronin. What's going on? What's up? This is a this is a party party uh, episode we got going on here. We got the the one and only Cody Ash. Who's a yeah. friend of Siobhan's? Yeah, I was super excited that he jumped on the show. He's the drummer for Jelly Roll, also of Siler. Yeah. He's got an amazing YouTube channel. Um, great time. He's such a persona. You've got to jump yes. in, listen, yep. listen, and watch. Definitely. He, he kind of looks like Kenny Powers' cooler fucking brother. <laughs> and he also plays drums. <laughs> and he plays drums. So That's a pretty good job at it. So without further ado, like and subscribe to zero two zero dash d.com. Stay tuned right now for part one with Cody Ash. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Siobhan Cronin. Welcome to another episode of 2020. I'm here with my co-hosts, Benny Goodman and Corey Peza. We're all here with our drinks, our poisons, and this week we have the incredible drummer, Cody Ash of Jelly Roll Siler, his own project's independent studio artist, has a great YouTube channel. He just does so many things, it's hard to sum it up in one short intro, so we're just going to jump right in. I'm so excited to have you join us. Definitely anyone listening, check out the YouTube cast. He's got total rock and roll look going on right now. <laughs> So I just know this is going to be a good time. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Yo, thank you for having me. It's an honor. I love it. I love it. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So I so I was the one that kind of roped you into this. So welcome yeah, to yeah. our shenanigans. Hey. Um, but for any of the listeners, just to jump in, you know, I met you. Well, we actually crossed paths, be, me being in Starset. You played with Siler, I think, on one of our shows a, a while back. And then recently back, we were at yeah. a, a festival and I was like, uh, someone said, oh, this guy Jelly Roll is doing a set. Uh, let's go check him out. And I never heard of him, but mm. went up and I saw you drumming and you knew Adam. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is absolutely incredible. You guys have an amazing, amazing energy on stage. And I, yeah. you know, I saw you up there and you're just like a killer drummer. Great musician. Started following you on Instagram. Instagram and you have an amazing mm. set of content on there. So I'm just really excited to 
ask you about everything that's going on in your life. <laughs> hey, no holds bar. We're here for it. Everything. Yeah, the really? um, the uh, I could I could put it completely slipped my mind the the Siler shows back in like it was like 2017. Uh, we were what was it like all it was us you guys and um, Skillet Skillet okay. with running yeah yeah and uh, we did the one show in uh, Illinois and then we did the um, then we all went to Rock on the Range, and then we played the show in Louisville, Kentucky. Right. Which was yeah, that was super sick. And then can I can I just in- add a little a little color to this? So if you're not watching the YouTube, which is possible, <laughs> I want you to understand what Cody looks like because <laughs> I feel like it's a brand, and I well, I mean like in a very totally awesome way. Because first off, anybody that has a ridiculous mullet, like in the best way, like believe this guy like you're serious one yeah two the guys like looks you whatever glasses you're wearing you look like you're about to either like yell at a ww like razor ramon like rest in peace you know what i mean pull out your phone or like and then and i gotta tell you like i i don't know this song okay i went and saw this song astronaut in the ocean by masked wolf which is a song that i feel like i wouldn't normally like if i had to hear it Right. But like, holy fucking shit, you have a drum cover and it's like some crazy ass, like insane playing, but it grooves so dirty. And then meanwhile, you're sitting there wearing like, a again, you have your the hair speaks for itself and you're just playing like with this fucking silly, reckless abandon, like fuck these drums. And I got to tell you, if you're going to look like that, play like you do. Oh, you have to. I, th- I mean, I think every drummer should hit their drums like they mean it. But uh, yeah, if, if you're going to look loud, be loud, too. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. What a great what a great motto to live by. You, you definitely embody that in your energy on stage and in your yeah. videos. You really get that. And that's hard, especially in video, to get that energy across. That's the name across. of this episode. Absolutely. You're yeah. going to look oh, loud. We already yeah. have so, that's yeah. It. <laughs> that's it, dude. Hey. That's the name of the episode. That's, that's a, good, a good little clickbait title, you know? Right, a great way to start Full it off. On lookout for clickbait. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, so well, speaking of that philosophy, I'm curious for the listeners just to get to know you. How did you get started? How were you? How did you gravitate to the drums? What was your early exposure to music? Like, how did you get onto the path that led you to where you are today? All right, yeah. So, I had a crush on a girl in fifth grade. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, no. So, like, I don't know in our, where I grew up. So, I'm from a town called Mount Washington, Kentucky. And uh small little town. Um at least when I was growing up it was small, but yeah, we uh at my elementary school it was like you couldn't join band until you were in fifth grade and it was like everybody joined band in fifth grade and everybody wanted to. But I so come fifth grade, it's you know, my time to shine, we're gonna get in band, but I had this crush on this girl. And she played flute. So I was like, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to play flute. and I'm going to sit right next to her. So sure enough, day one, I go sit next to her. And we, like, start doing our instruments in order and stuff. But all the percussionists had already had their stuff there. And so they're, like, hitting their snare drums and doing all this other stuff. And I was like, man, I really wish I was back there. I was like, I want to play drums. I don't want to play flute. (laughs) And then I, like, after, like, three days, and this girl just did not give a shit. 
<laughs> we uh i was like i went to my instructor i was like i want to play drums i don't want to play flute i don't want to be dead i don't want to do that i want to sit in that chair and then uh, and she was like all right go you know go back so i got my little my little xylophone and my small little snare drum and uh so that's kind of what started it and um when i was in sixth grade um there was this guy that went to the, the the university of Louisville who would come down and he would um, every time I'd walk into class, he'd be on the drum set. And I was like, God, this guy's so sick. And then the eighth graders had a Christmas concert and basically they had a drum solo during one of the Christmas songs. And <laughs> I just thought it was one of the, the most badass thing. I thought it was so sick. And and I, I went to my parents after the, the, the concert and I was like, I have to have a drum set. I have to have a drum set. I have to do that. Everybody was cheering for that guy. Everybody loved it. That was amazing. I want, I want that. I need that. And, uh, and so I, I was very fortunate and my parents brought me this like crappy little, uh, I think the the brand was CB, CB cb drums and oh I've, i i remember cb <laughs> drums dude i used to sell those things myself like yeah. 150 dollars, and they were yeah. like totally like one step above like the animal behind the kid muppet <laughs> set yeah the toms the toms were like 12 by 12 and 13 by 13 the symbols were made of 10 it's complete yeah. garbage um at that point were you were you listening to like bands and music or was all your influence kind of coming from what you were hearing at school uh <laughs> i think at that age my biggest i no i wasn't really i wasn't really listening to bands yet um my my favorite artist at that time was nelly <laughs> nice <laughs> like i was like i was showing up to sixth grade and like the full like suede no, is it suede? What or like felt suits or like whatever? You the have your Air Force Ones. Yeah, I had Air Force Ones. Of course, ones. you did. I can like, totally picture this. It was it was ridiculous. And also, there was. Do you remember that movie? You got served. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. That, like that hip hop dance movie. Yeah. Of course. I was like obsessed with that movie, so I started wearing like overly baggy gray sweatpants and like. <laughs> gray t-shirts that were five sizes too big and just i don't i don't even know it's terrible spray painted you remember the, the fat farm shoes oh yeah <laughs> i had high top fat farms that were spray painted <laughs> oh they were oh, did you, you were so committed to the vibe so no, did, you have, did you have grills i didn't have grills i did not but um <laughs> no it was dude, oh it was, man Looking back at that time, I, it's just really funny because I never after that year, I never dressed like that ever again. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, at that time, I, I really just listened to like Nelly, Lil John, Ying Yang Twins, like whatever was popular on the radio. Uh, I think I was still into like Britney. Sp I mean, I'm into them now, but at the time it wasn't cool to be into them anymore. But I think I was still listening to like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and Omarion, B2K, LL Cool J, <laughs> Lil Romeo, Bow Wow. You know, the, all the yeah. all the good like... Yeah, all the iconic 90s, groups. Early, yeah, early 2000 stuff. Um, all the then, people that put Lou Pearlman in jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, they... Um, yeah, at that time, I, you know, I started like 
I started really getting into um, to drumming, and I I found like you know my dad was like, oh, you're playing drums, like uh, you should check out these guys, and you know he shows me Rush, and then he shows me like uh, you know he, we listen to like ACDC and ZZ Top and Kiss and Motley Crue and Poison in his truck. But then he was like, oh, you play drums? i got to introduce you to every great drummer that, that I grew up with. And so he was like, showed me Neil Peart. And then, like, the guy that would come to the, the middle school to, like, do the drum stuff, he, like, introduced me to Slipknot. And he was, like, kind of coming over and giving me lessons. His name was Joey. Uh, still was kind of coming over and giving me lessons. And every week he'd, like, be like, all right, learn this Jerry Lee Lewis song. And then he'd be like, learn this kiss song and then he'd make me learn a country song he'd make me learn like a some kind of jazz song or, or a funk like a 70s funk song and uh so I, that's when i started like really molding music uh then i got really never into like eighth grade ninth grade i was super into like nickelback and bullet for my valentine and all that stuff and uh then around like 10th grade i hit this big switch and i became obsessed with hair metal and i'm still <laughs> obsessed with hair metal yes um so uh wait I, can we pause for a second because you yeah, you mentioned please. the band nickelback because i defend nickelback because they're laughing up there in fucking canada with their canadian loonies they listen to slayer so i have no problem with them and then they made filthy money and everyone made fun of them like winger on beavis and butthead and i'm like <laughs> No, dude, these guys are awesome. And if you see them live, their guitar player does like a 15-minute Zach Wilde guitar solo, and they cover Pantera. Like, they're fucking awesome. How? Tell me how you feel about them, Cody Ash. Hey, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. There's a reason why everyone that hates them can recite every single one of their lyrics. Amen. Drop. That's all that they said. <laughs> You can talk all the shit you want, but every single person knows just about 75% of at least one Nickelback song. Yeah. It's funny Absolutely. because I, when we talked, I talked to my buddy Shannon Larkin, friend of the show, who plays drums for Godsmack. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, there's a lot of people don't know the name of our band. But then if you sing them like voodoo, they're like, oh, mm -hmm. no, I know that guy. I know that guy. Because like, everybody knows Sully. Yeah. Everyone knows Sully's voice. So like they're like number three on some ridiculous like billboard chart. And I'm like, are you serious? And the answer is yes, because yeah. that guy has that voice that everyone recognizes. And his name is Sully from Godsmack. There's man. I, I think Nickelback is, is going to go down as one of the greatest bands um, of, you know, of their um, of the early 2000s. I mean, uh, just one of the greatest rock bands ever, to be honest. Like, there's no reason to the band that has that many hits and can write. <sighs> Dude, their riffs are just so overlooked and it's so annoying because they're, God, they got some fucking sick riffs. Yeah. I love Nickelback, dude. I fucking love Nickelback. Even <laughs> through the whole, even through the whole thing, because Nickelback, I feel like Nickelback's starting to become cool again now. But even through the whole like past 15 years of people being like, oh, Nickelback, ha, ha, fucking loser, like, fuck off, dude. No, I always, I my always favorite argument, by Nickelback. 
for the band for that band is there's a guy named Devin Townsend. I don't know if you know him, but like yeah, he's Devin an Townsend, underground metal. He's yeah, sick. He, he's sick. Yeah, dude. the one of the sickest singers ever. Everyone fucking loves him. Everyone in the music industry is like, oh, Devin. Everything he does is profound. He's like a Mike Patton, like from Faith No More. Every everything yeah. he does is profound. Dude's and a, he worships worships Nickelback. He's from the same fucking town as Chad Kroger, and he actually had Chad Kroger produce one of his records, and he like literally laments how Chad and just like shit out excellence and just knows like how to put a song together better than anybody and this is literally Devin Townsend one of the yeah. most musically complex uh, incredible dudes and that's because Chad Kroger is like the Andrew Lloyd Webber of of like pop music I he think, just writes yeah. these, these rock songs that are so like photograph is so annoyingly infectious like like a more than words by extreme like you're so annoyed by it but then it's forever I think it's extremely ignorant for anyone in it i mean actually not anyone but maybe any musician to say that nickelback is a terrible band i think it's extremely ignorant yeah. because there is a reason that millions upon millions of people know their songs there's a reason that their drummer like their drummer is incredible their guitarist is incredible chad has a great voice you can you can have a subjective opinion and and say that you don't like their music but to deny that they write fucking hits and write great songs and 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 have awesome riffs you i i just think that's so ignorant because they're they're so sick such a good fan <laughs> absolutely and it's, like, it's funny you you brought up uh hair metal and i i feel like you know nickelback is is kind of the modern uh, day hair metal with like the so the huge hooky choruses and the over the top riffs and everything and uh, I think it's just an extension of yeah. hair metal and I, I love hair metal I mean you gotta <laughs> dude what, um, all the right reasons dude that song had what 12 13 tracks and like or no it had 11 tracks and literally 10 of them were number ones unbelievable 10 out of 11 song go number one tell me how that happens if this band sucks so bad yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but it's, you know but um yeah i i will stand by nickelback till i die <laughs> well what's, what's great to hear though is that you from an early age you had a exposure from various sources to a lot of different yeah. visual elements and, of drumming but also the bat you know hearing it having people yeah. introduce you to bands and but go on what yeah. were you gonna and, say and well in classical i i was in um concert band my whole life um even through sports, through everything. I was in concert band from fifth grade all the way to college. And I was part of like, um, I went to, uh, like I, I went to music camps. I went to band camps. I was in marching band for two years. I marched at the, the university of Louisville for a year. I was, uh, I was on the snare line. Um, did you see a bunch of hot chicks? Cause there's a fucking bunch <laughs> of hot chicks in Kentucky. And I gotta tell you, <laughs> if I was playing in marching band, I'd be like, there's got to be some girls in that line out there that you're, you're staring at, right? No. <laughs> no. No chicks maybe, in the marching hey, band in Louisville, maybe, Kentucky. Listen, listen. I, I'll be – actually, there was oh, one. Oh, come I'll on, no, man. No, no. Okay, all right, all right. If we're being real, there was one. There was one There was one cutie She's that was in the marching band. She's over there. Um, and then – and then art the are like baton twirler girl she was she was super attractive but uh no i don't know man i didn't really like i didn't really fit in in college i was in like a weird 
like do you fit in now (laughs) i feel like like you don't and that's kind of why i like you man you're yeah, like, you've probably found your people now, but I can understand I think, that. But go, go on. No, what were you going to say about it? Everyone fits in somewhere. Right. But no, I but think, what were you going to say about that? Um, As far as like fitting in? Yeah, I don't know, man. I've never really like, I have I, I think we all as, as humans feel the need to like be a part of something or at least feel a part of something. Um, So I think I have that natural like, yeah, you know, I, I want to feel involved. I want to feel like I'm liked. I want to feel like this and so on and so forth. And I've definitely been in situations where I haven't felt like that. But, um, you know, it, like when – and I've, I've actually – I don't really, like, talk to many people about this. But, like, when I was in Siler, um, you know, when I joined them, they were all from the Northeast, and, and I'm from the South. So it's, like, our, like, ways of living and, like, the jokes and, you know – how how people talk to one another it, it just completely different and um so when i first got in that band i didn't really like fit in i, I kind of i didn't really know what was going to happen i was like yo i'd literally i think for a year straight at least like two to three times on every tour i asked all the members i was like yo do you guys even like fucking like me and they were like dude shut up yeah what are you talking about and like <laughs> but it was just i didn't get their jokes and i didn't get like Cause the way they would joke was like how I would talk shit to someone. Yeah. Like if I was that's gonna, the Northeast. The Northeast. You know yeah. for sure. and, um, their jokes were just so straight up. And I was like, I just didn't get it for so long. And then finally I like got it. And, uh, and you know, everything was, everything just like smoothed over. And I was like, Oh, okay. All this makes sense. Now I'm just a, from the south and i just didn't get it um <laughs> just polite and have manners Corey always <laughs> says that like if you're in a band in, in in boston that the only way you know you've done well is if you, all your friends show up and they tell you how shitty you were and how many times you <laughs> yeah. fucked up like hey man oh, the yeah. third song you looked like a dickhead and the fourth yeah. song you're fu- full-blown dickhead but, uh, I, I actually left because you suck so bad like that's <laughs> that's boston and that's no joke like it doesn't matter how good you play dude like yeah. that's how we are yeah no 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 um and i you know i like i you know then we're talking like it's like five years ago and so like i i completely like got it and i was like oh and really that shaped me into like how i joke with people now because i was like oh this is actually fucking funny like fuck you (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah but definitely as far as like the fitting and stuff like uh you know i found my place with them and and we ended up having some great tours and, and good laughs. And then I joined the jelly rolls gig and, um, and yeah, I, I mean, I definitely feel a part of that. It's, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's That's great. awesome. The, uh, yeah. what, what was your transition from, from doing the drums in, uh, you know, through college and that, that and transitioning into an actual career, uh, of playing <laughs> outside of school and outside of that organized type of yeah, situation. Yeah. So like, um so yeah i went to college to study um i went to college to study uh music theory because i wanted to be a a music theory teacher um and my my um my drum like our percussion like drum teacher uh dr burn he was absolutely incredible and um loved him to death still love him to death and but our 
our marching band instructor kind of like put a damper on it. Um, Cause I really, before that, all I'd wanted to do was tour like, but I felt the need, I felt the, you know, the, the pressure to, to have a backup plan. Um, so I was like, Oh, I need to go to college. I need to get a degree. I need this. I need this. But like the whole was, time, did that was, pressure not to interrupt you, but did that come from, uh, from your teachers or from parents or from like, where did that pressure come from? I think, I think some of it came from family and I think some of it came from like my own head because mm-hmm. I, I think I knew going into like networking and touring and, and wanting to tour, like how, um, <clears throat> nothing's guaranteed, you know, and everything just comes from how hard you work. But I've also watched people that work their asses off, not make it. And, um, so I, I just, I was just had this stress and to, to do that. And, uh, unfortunately my, um, I mean, fortunately, but unfortunately, because everything works out how it's supposed to be. But unfortunately, because I, you know, I wish I would have got a, a master's in in music theory. Um, my the marching band instructor, I, I, my band was like a, my local band at the time was about to start touring, and I, I pulled her aside and I met in her office, and I was like, hey, like, um my band is, you know, my band's going to start touring. Like, is there a, a way that we can work around like marching shows and like games, like is, you know, whatever. And she, she looked at me with a blank face and she said, um, each time you miss a game, you lose a letter grade. And I was like, so f- I miss four games and I fail. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's it for me. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm out. Um, Cause I wasn't going to miss my mindset was I'm not going to miss any opportunity to leave and go on tour ever, no matter how big, how small, I don't care. I'm payment, no payment, no matter what it was, I'm, I'm not missing the opportunity to, to tour and play drums and travel. Cause that's what I want to do. That's how I want to make a living. That's how I want to put a roof over my head. That was really insightful because, I mean, I encountered a similar thing going to classical music school. You know, I went to undergrad and did a music degree and I would get opportunities to tour, you know, and the whole point of music school is to prepare you for a career in music. Right. And same thing. The school orchestra rehearsal, it's the same thing. Oh, if you're going to miss the dress rehearsal, you automatically get a C. But but here I have an opportunity to actually do what I'd like to do in my life. I'm clearly working hard in my classes. Why can't we work around something? And it was very rigid like that. And I was a feudalistic society in in university. You you stay a surf. They're not actually trying. I don't think that they're actually trying to prepare you to be successful in music. I think they only want you to be successful for them, for their school, to put it on. Um, Because after you leave, none of them care. Unless you like, you know, unless you like Jennifer Lawrence and then you say you say you're a famous person in your town and you went to that college. That's the only time they're going to give you any kind of recognition. So you can't you can't go be successful while you're in college unless you're, uh, you know, unless you're playing sports. And then I don't know. Music is music is super overlooked. It's like, why can't this why can't this 21 year old kid be in college and miss marching so he can go on a a fucking world tour and and make a living and then come back and still be in college and not 
like miss anything for it. Why can't that kid go do that? That's the, that's why he's here. Like that's why that kid's here. Of course. Plus, but, you bring back the value and perspective to your peers. Yeah. I mean, that actually enhances and, the. I loved having people like that around me. So that's shocking. It enhances it enhances the value of 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 you know your peers, and and then you become someone that's like. Well, hold on. Maybe there's an answer to that question because look at what you're doing, right? You you had an all or nothing situation. So you're right. It would have sucked had you not become like a professional drummer touring, you know, playing in the studio all the time, having a kick-ass YouTube channel. You could have like gone back to school as a safety plan. But like in this case, they pulled the rug out from underneath you and made the decision really easy just to become a full-time fucking full-blown rock star. (laughs) So that's the answer to your question. (laughs) Why do they do that? Because they want you to walk off the, the the mountain and spread your wings and fly. If you don't, then you go curse black. I don't think, I don't think that was their motivation. You, I think that's that's their motivation. Motivation. I think you took the wrong lesson from that story. <laughs> no, I, I don't think they cared about me. They did not care about me either way. Which I mean, my, for once, Ben was being an optimist. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> my, the, my, wait, was that the wrong time, guys? <laughs> <laughs> my drum my drum instructor did though. My drum instructor at that college. He still keeps up with me. I still talk to him um or my, my percussion instructor um uh yeah i still talk to him on facebook all the time he's he's just the, the absolute best um but uh yeah so so basically um yeah i i you know did the college thing and and that ended up happening but to get to like touring and stuff i'd back in like 2009 you know my local band started playing shows and then uh, college really taught me a lot as far as like, um, made me realize how to be a professional drummer. Um, I still hadn't got the, uh, the talking, the, the talking to people thing under, under wraps yet, but, uh, to be a good drummer and a professional musician, um, I, you know, I took a lot away from, from college from that. And, um, so I started like, then I started like networking and, and going to shows and like probably was over fanboying for people <laughs> and uh, just to like shake their hands and meet them and so on and so forth. Before but, we go too well, far, what, what, what are, what, what does make a, a pro drummer versus, you know, an exactly. amateur drummer? What, what, what were those main takeaways that you got? Oh, the biggest one is that you're not the fucking star of the show. Um, you're not the star of the show. You're, you play your fucking part. And you, you are part of a song. You, you do not overplay that song. And if anybody that overplays songs, anybody that overdoes it and, and doesn't realize that they are there to make the song better, dude, those kids out in the crowd, unless you're going to like, I don't freaking know, unless you're like going to a, a Animals' leader show or you're going to like, periphery or polyphia or you know unless you're going to a show like that or rest in peace Neil Pert, um you know people don't give a flying shit that you're playing drums that's why <laughs> all the pop stars the people that are playing for 30 to forty thousand people a night all their musicians sit in the back you don't ever see them like no one gives a flying shit what you're doing on that drum kit all they want to do is show up and sing the songs that that they care about. Well, like, wait a minute. When I saw N- NSYNC on uh, the No Strings Attached tour and then later on the Pop tour, the Pop tour is what I'm thinking of, right? Well, they I had them like inside say, the set, the, in the set. Yeah. 
But then they turn them around, yeah. and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, wait a minute, those drum solos real? But whoa. then just as they got 30 seconds into it, they turned them back so you couldn't see them for the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously there's going to be, there's like pop and rap artists that, that do showcase their musicians and have them like on the back line, but some people have them behind the curtains. Like some people have them wherever. Like it doesn't matter. Like it, people show up to, to sing and 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 have a good time and, and, and be a part of the songs that, that they uh, connected with. And if you're, if you're just playing <laughs> bullshit, you're just ruining those people's times. Like, I don't know. I, that's how I see it anyways. Like, no, it's, that's, that's a, a lesson <laughs> we've heard time and time again, you know, you know, spoken, you know, through different lenses, but it, it always does come down play for the song. Is, is what every every successful person we've talked to boils it down to that at some point. Especially we have had a lot of drummers on, and that's that's a pretty common talking point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to ask, how much has your classical training influenced your playing? Because one thing I noticed is similar between you and Adam and my band is he also did a lot of the classical training, the uh, percussion, the drum line, uh, marching band, and I feel like that really creates or helps enhance a certain style and that you're super tight and very great at just like both leading and following. And I, I'm just curious to hear how that, cause we haven't really talked to many drummers that had that sort of background. Yeah. Um, no, I, I can't say. So I, I do have that black, that background. Like I've, I've played with, you know, I've done the concert band. I've played with an orchestra. Is that why your crescendo sound like MIDI? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, They're fucking perfect. I'm like literally watching you like go along. I'm like, is this with this? I'm like, no, he's literally, you sound like, you're so good. You sound like you're programmed with as far as the way that you crescendo. And I'm like, it explains that you and Adam exactly like are in marching band for years going. (laughs) Explains it. I think. Makes sense. I mean, yeah. I mean, just like he was saying, I I think um, one of the, a big thing I took from it was a, just to how to be a part of something and, and that it's not about me. It's about the song. It's about the music. Um, uh, dynamics are literally everything. Dynamics can, can create and ruin a show all at the same time. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little like over drastic with it. Cause I'm maybe in a rock show. No, like, I, I no. totally agree. But, uh, um, but yeah, I, I, dynamics are a huge huge part of my playing and a lot of that does come from having to go from pianissimo all the way up to (laughs) fortissimo and you know doing the whole thing and um fortissimo and (laughs) yeah yeah, and i think i think it really just taught me how to appreciate music and and drumming and uh, you know, just being a part of, of the song as a whole and, and just creating something that affects and makes people feel. Um, sure. Cause so, it just, man, even, even in high school, my concert band was ass, dude. We were God awful, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, I, I was, I was very fortunate to be good enough to where I was offered to come play for like, um, like this, the state band, or like, uh, you know, like intercollegiate bands or, you know, whatever. Yeah, like an all-state yeah, band like, orchestra thing. We had yeah. similar things, and yeah. so I got to actually, I got to play with like real musicians and, and um, not that, you know, not disgracing anyone that I was in band with in my school, um, but, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and 
I realized that I was very um, important to just kind of take the take the seat back and and you know you can even the parents that have no idea what we're playing they don't care if it's Tchaikovsky or freaking Mozart or Beethoven they don't give a shit they're just <laughs> there because their child was doing great <laughs> and but you could so they had no idea what song we were playing but you could just see that they somehow like the dynamics of the song they would just be impacted and um i just i think that's just beautiful and i th- i think that's really one of the things that uh dynamics and and uh being a part of something and, and realizing it's it's more than just myself or you know we're creating something that that means something to people uh, is probably one of the biggest things i took away from all yeah. of that and, uh, yeah so. absolutely no i can relate to that i mean you as you learn that especially in orchestra where you, a lot of us in the band world you get used to being in four piece groups five piece groups yeah. you know but when you're in an orchestra if you really took everyone else away you really are pretty unimportant you know like it has yeah. to all work together mm-hmm. in such a massive way you, you know, know and if, if, and if i would have never what uh, conductor hurt you siobhan <laughs> so bad no but it's true and and to, to achieve like a dynamic that's dramatic every person has to be so so conscious of it you know if you're if you have 50 people trying to do a pianissimo it's really hard really you know? hard one it takes one person to fuck that up oh my yeah. gosh oh my gosh um but yeah and then you know another thing Siobhan, like i i i have an appreciation for like you know when i met you i i mean i literally I, I watched you guys play and I was like, I have to meet her. I have to shake that girl's Aww. hand. I, I have to meet her. Cause we didn't, we didn't talk at the, in 2017. We didn't meet each other. Right. Um, but I remember, um, I remember watching you. I was, I remember we were at the, it was the Iroquois park amphitheater in Louisville and I was sitting out front and just listening to you guys sound check. And I was like, dude, cause you guys had the cello player then too. I, I never got to meet her, but, um, yeah, the cello player too, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this this is just beautiful." I I need to meet them. I'm just because I just I appreciate symphonic stuff so much. I appreciate strings and um or or, or sorry orchestral stuff um so much. Yeah, and strings and and I uh, and then yeah we I, we just ended up playing the same stage at, at um blue ridge and i was like that's it i'm gonna meet her i'm gonna shake her hand I'm gonna i was it. so excited i'm so glad that we became friends no but you guys yeah, can tell that you too. have that, that you have that humility it comes across immediately when anyone and, meets you and i was for just sure. so i was just so astounded by by your playing and and you know it's it's things like that it it really that stems from just having that orchestral experience in the in the classical and symphonic well, and all if it makes stuff. you feel better man like we stole siobhan and both of the cellist from Star Set to come play in our band, Lost Symphony, because I also agree, and I'm pretty sure that Corey concurs, uh, that strings sound better on everything, which is why we're flying them this next month down, and we're going to go record in my friend's mausoleum that has like 30-foot uh, marble ceilings, which is the, the only other thing that I said when I was standing in the, in the mausoleum. Wow, I was like, man, well, hold on, but you can appre- I'm telling, Cody... Follow me here. Have you ever walked into a room and been like, oh man, this would be so badass to set up a drum set in here because the reverb is wild. 
No, but dude, I have walked in a room and I was like, wow, this room is just big enough for me to set up 12 pianos behind my computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> I literally almost just joked. <laughs> oh my God, that was perfect. <laughs> No. Oh, man. That was good, dude. Oh, oh, man. We gotta keep a running tally of how many guests shit on Ben for the uh, amount of pianos that he has in his control room. Fucking uh, Kentucky Fried key, Chicken keyboards, over here. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't even have to talk to know that you're extra just based on the whole setup there. So I get it. All yes. the, the, there's for, not a single yeah. ounce of wall space well, left. Well, the irony for is on. The true story is... Tune is, into is the YouTube. On. Yeah. I was, like, I was this gonna guy say, I'm would. actually... I'm moving, a, I'm moving a grand piano literally eight feet away from here, that direction, on Friday. I actually have to take off um, part of my bulkhead with a plasma cutter thing so that I can actually get my grand piano down there. But I'm going to do that. So thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> oh, my God. If someone would have walked up to me and been like, yo, and showed me a picture and said, yeah, this guy plays for a band called Lost Symphony, I would have been like, he sure is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Dude, I'm just fucking No, that's great. I'm just, I'm just playing fun. That's fucking that's great. That is you've, got, some, you've got two Boston guys here, so you've got the some perfect humor. Yeah, ball busting right there. We can appreciate dude, I that. I gotta say yeah. that, like, I, I have tears in my eyes how much yeah. I appreciate the, the sincerity of that roast, dude. That was fantastic. <laughs> It's kind of like what I said, like, I believe you just because of the way you look, but that's true because you have a brand, and I swear to God, I tell everyone, go to Cody Ash, type it into YouTube. You have, first off, not only are you an incredible drummer, but your videos are fucking fire. So, like, I don't know how old you are, but, like, I feel like the younger generation is like, yeah, we have to shoot this in, like, 18K. And, like, whatever you're doing, like, you have the most beautiful lighting. Your guy bobs up and down sometimes yeah. with your drum beats. And I'm like, okay, I'm not getting any kind of weird nausea. I'm like, I feel it with the beat. And you're, it's amazing to watch you, dude. And then, meanwhile, you have amazing hair, dude. You just fucking up and down. It's just everywhere. And the thing is... There's a one or two videos I watched you, and you make no face. You just fucking eye fuck the camera. And Paul Lorenzo in our band used to get yelled at because he didn't make a face, so he got a mask. But meanwhile, you, you're you not making the face, and you're just owning it so much that it's I, uncomfortable, and it's fucking amazing, dude. I, I just I, have to, I, I salute that. you. I did that solely for the uncomfortability. I was like... <laughs> it was amazing. I love it. I was like, I'm going to cover this Billie Eilish song with my fucking boy icy ass hair haircut <laughs> and just see how stupid i can make it but while the drums are just like going off and like having a good time. eighty thousand like, hits later guys just, <laughs> we were we were having fun with it man um youtube channel hasn't hasn't grown as as much as i'd like for it too because I've, I've been on it for about two or three years now i think and but i'm i'm extremely um, but I also haven't been like, I haven't, up, I've been so freaking busy. I haven't uploaded since well, last year. Well, now that you're on 2020, you're going to get the 2020 <laughs> bump, which means that Ben's mom's going to watch and at least <laughs> several other people. Uh, so you're welcome. We're going to get you to that next level. 
Dude, I hope Ben's mom for sure watches. That would be great. <laughs> She's going to call me up and be like, I can't believe that he acknowledged me. That was so nice. <laughs> Back in my day, the most handsome guys in my high school had mullets. I love them. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man, that's classic. Oh, my Who's God. The mullet? I liked him a lot. <laughs> I got so no, thrown off after you shit on Ben for his keyboards that it just uh, no, it's okay. I got, but I was just oh, I was just gonna comment. <laughs> no, but you have I mean you have so much charisma, and like I said at the beginning of the episode, it really translates even in video, which is hard because you don't you're not for a live audience, right? Is that something that um, you always kind of had that natural personality, or it, did did you have to work on that? I mean, I'm just curious because I think that making videos can be really hard because you have you have to engage people, and just like Ben said, looking at the camera like that, those are things that people have told me in doing videos that I'm like, why would I do that? But I mean, it's very effective, and I think it's it's, it's hard, you know, to to accomplish that. So where where did that come from? How do you work on that? Um, first off, Ben, I don't know why I gave your mom a southern accent when I was. In <laughs> She's from Chicago, so. <laughs> I can't even do it. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> but, um, Siobhan, to answer your question. Um, yeah, I. to be honest, I am extremely awkward in front of a camera. I still have not mastered it. Um, literally, <laughs> if you watch, there's some, there was a, a round of videos on my, God bless. There was a round of videos on my YouTube. There's like four or five of them. You got to like go find them. Um, where me and my buddy, I, he was like, he's like, man, you need to, he's the guy that films me or uh, that he filmed a lot of the videos. He was like, we need to like, he's like, we need to get you to talk more. Like people need to, to, to know you. And, and, and I've just, I'm not, I'm good at talking to people. I love love talking to people like like this i can do this for hours i could do this all day um but talking to a camera it just does not correlate with me for some reason um mm -hmm. i don't know why because i don't feel like um anytime i talk to just a camera i don't feel like i'm being genuine um mm -hmm. and i don't know why that is but um <laughs> this Tim, round of maybe videos, tinder <laughs> What? I feel like a Tinder, you know, like when you send those girls those videos, like, but you're sending them to 16 girls at once. How could you really be that sincere? Dude, I, I'll be real with you, dog. I had Tinder one time, and it was, 2000, it was in 2014, and literally my bio, I swear, I'm going to answer your question, Shabon. I'm so sorry. That's fine. No, no, please. We Tinder, like to derail each other here. I had Tinder one time in 2014, and literally, literally, the bio, my bio said, I am not here for anything other than to find my band a place to sleep on tour. Come to our show. <laughs> oh, great. That's oh, all. That's it's, awesome. it, it didn't work. That's, that's resourceful. Shameless yeah. plug. Yeah. Nobody cared. I was Worth like, my a band's try. on tour. I'll get you into the show. Just give us a place to sleep and shower. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't work. But Did you, it's you have the mullet at that question. point? No, no, no. I had, I was, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't look good. I was wearing like, <laughs> I looked like, I looked like trash. I mean, I look like trash now, but. At it's least well it's thought little, out trash. Yeah. It's a little, a little more flashier trash. Um, <laughs> um, but anyways, um, 
Yes. So. Oh, we were talking about charisma on camera, but charisma you know, so camera, you, you yes. were talking about the person that does your videos and yeah. getting you into engage more. Yeah. Do you want to yeah, shout he, him out so, by the way? Yeah. His name is, uh, so I have two dudes to do, do my videos. Um, one of them is the one that's done the majority of them. His name's Miguel Rivera. Um, the most insane videographer. Um, he's so freaking sick, dude. He's the best. Um, he used to work for, I don't know if you guys like go to the gym or, or, you know, do anything else, but he used to work for a supplement company called BPN. They, they got like over a million subscribers on YouTube. Very, very, very <coughs> big supplement company. Um, he did a lot of their video work for the past year and a half. And then um, he just went and got a job for another uh, fitness company out of Columbus. So um, oh, wow. he's doing like video, a lot of video stuff for them too. He's, phenomenal phenomenal his job i've been trying to steal him away and get him into music but <laughs> his salary is he's getting a pretty good salary at yeah <laughs> yeah gigs. Um, how did you find it not to interrupt you but how did you find a person like that because i think a lot of people underestimate the importance of your your video person or photographer like the person that helps create the content he uh i was i was very fortunate he was in he played guitar in the local band that i mm. was in um, but he actually, when we got, were in the band together, he didn't start doing video work until 2015. 2015 wow. was when he got his like his first camera, and uh, he started off doing just like fitness vlogs and and like guitar playthroughs, and then he ended up just like really diving in headfirst and was doing like helping out with like tour recaps and. Um, <laughs> And then he, you know, started shooting video, music videos and um, doing like product videos and photos and all kinds of different stuff. And he started traveling and shooting like stuff for cities and stuff for hotels and uh, like lifestyle stuff. And then he ended up getting a job at VPN and, you know, didn't, and really he, ju he just helped me. Like I was just a little, you know, me asking him to do my drum videos was he was like, he was like, yo, you're one of my best friends. Of course, I'll help you out. Uh, but then he ended up moving to Texas. So and then um, but now he's back in now he's back in Kentucky and um, and he's about to move to Columbus. So I'm, I'm extremely happy for him. He's he's incredible. If if, if you uh, if you try to find his Instagram, it's uh, at filmed by Miguel. Sorry, I believe that's what it is yeah that's that's awesome well yeah i mean we're uh star sets based in columbus so whenever i'm around i'm always interested in knowing who's good at video oh wait no sorry it's at miguel rivera films sorry okay he's changed it like three times i can't keep <laughs> and then <laughs> filmed by miguel is like this porn just for uh just <laughs> nice yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, he, only that, fan site cool that, that miguel films my side project um <laughs> Um, um, and then, uh, the, the la the latest videos I've released, uh, which was like, I think it was like Lil Nas X, uh, the the astronaut in the ocean, um, uh, Justin Bieber. Um, can we talk uh, about the astronaut in the ocean? Cause I, I want to talk about this because yeah, the, but it's the got, guy, it's, the guy well, that, let him, let him shout out his on. guy. Yeah. Sorry. The guy, the oh, guy sorry. that shot, the guy that shot that his name is uh, ZJ Foltner. And oh, nice. His, his Instagram is uh, zj.me. Anyways, yeah, sorry. Uh, astronaut in the Ocean. 
Well, I hadn't heard this song, but there's like a lot of this new, I, I don't know what you even call this like type of hip hop where it's like really short tunes where they have like these different sections. And mm. like they have these sections that I, I can only refer to as like fucking full blown breakdowns in metal. You know what I mean? And you groove so hard. And the thing is, is because of like the syncopation of like the way that it's written, your drumming is just out of control. And it's weird because I wouldn't have ever listened to that song and gone, I really like this. But with your drumming, I I must have watched that video four times because it's only two minutes. Like, I really yeah. mean that. Like, it's what about a song like, like, how do you approach a song like that? And where do you find like where to groove and where to do, you know, your thing? Um, so the way I do my drum videos, I try to make it as hard on myself as possible. Um, <laughs> just so I, as just, <laughs> just so I can solely tell this to people and then be like, yo, what the fuck? Um, so I don't ever practice those drum videos before I get into the studio. I literally show up to the studio, choose the songs and then go and do them. Wow. Um, and half the times I haven't even listened to the songs in full. So that song in particular, um, <clears throat> you know, which I, I mean, I could probably be a lot more prepared when I go in there, which would probably be better. <laughs> and I could probably get more done, but the story's so much cooler this way. Um, <laughs> and so that song in particular, Astronaut in the Ocean, um, it was very big on TikTok for a while, which was why I did it. And uh, just, you know, see if, see if it would hit, see if anybody gave a shit. And um, so we went in. I didn't realize that it was a full song. I was like, oh, this is a full song. All right, cool. And so I, I sat there and I, I listened to it. And then I went into the studio room and I just ran through it. And I noticed that there was that part when when the second vocalist comes in and it hits that syncopation of the, put the shit in the flame, or you know, whatever the rhythm is. And I was like, dude, how sick would this be if I just followed that with my kick pattern? Like if I made that into a kick pattern. And then uh, he hits the part where he's like, pass the baton, and I was like, dude, I could probably do like a, a little like, uh, like flam five hurt, hurt to thing here and just be like, all right, cool. So like, time changing like uh yeah so i was just like all right whatever like we'll just we'll mess with it and i did like two takes and i was like oh this was sick that's what it was it's like it's like incredible tap dancing that's like what it reminds me of like incredible tap dancing the way that you play on that it's it's fucking amazing I just went on a whole tangent of literally like drum language that everybody was like, what is No, our audience will love that. that our audience will love that. Board. Yeah, like, no, everyone will be into it. Oh, what is this guy doing? We've right had, we've, we've had people yeah. like literally play entire excerpts of guitar things on the show, like with yeah. a guitar in hand. And we've had so. Shannon Larkin <laughs> be bop, ba do ba bop, bing bop, bang uh, multiple times. M- multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> we live for that. Just something. Uh, but yeah, Shabon. So like, I um, I'm terrible at talking to a camera. I'm great at talking to people. <laughs> um, As we all are, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so really, the, those few videos that my videographer had like talked about um, that I was talking about, he got me to like talk at the end, and we just made these like really funny skits. Um, like one of them, I was like standing on a ladder, and I was just like, oh you made it to the end of the video. It's super awkward. And I'm just like staring at the camera 
And it's just really, really funny. There's like four endings on the YouTube channel that are really funny. And uh, that's probably like the only time I kind of like displayed my like funny kind of personality, just like, you know, hanging out. But I, I've, I've been thinking about it more because I'm really um, starting to fit into this persona of like, you know, you know, little dangly earring chains glasses mullet like the whole the whole look is Dude, like just you you're it's like coming a fucking together. reinvented yeah. kenny powers bro it's like the best <laughs> fucking thing ever you got like the little jo- let me explain you to every like you got a little george michael thing going on with your ear you yeah. got a little dog the bounty hunter you got like one part <laughs> Def Le- one, one part Def Leppard going to the show. Yeah, like you yeah, look yeah. like you should be on a typhoon, like literally yeah. looking for alligators. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got a little bit of bedazzle, like with your own fucking name. Like it, dude. This guy, I swear to God, and he's got just a stash. So like, if there's anything, <laughs> and, 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 nevertheless, the chains and the tats. It's very confusing. I don't know what would happen to you if you went to jail, but like, uh. man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. That, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know I think You're like the Rosetta way. Stone for the Crips. They're like, I don't know what he's trying to tell me with those tattoos. Yeah, yeah. I think people would be really confused. Be like, this guy looks really southern, but like he has long hair. So do I? Do I fight him? Or do I try? <laughs> what? What am I? What are we gonna do with this guy? And then everybody else probably thinks, oh, that's funny. That, that's funny. I never even thought about that. Um, it's, the, it's the perks of, of being in the music world. It's, it's, there needs to be a little no, mystery always. No, no fucking rules. Always. But yeah, Absolutely. so like I'm, I'm really like uh, developing in, into like this persona and I'm, I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. I took it. So like I just filled in for like an 05 post hardcore band. Uh, called Scary Kids, Scaring Kids, like super old band, and um, and I, <laughs> my goal was to walk on stage just looking like I don't belong there. I just I wanted to look, <laughs> you know, a lot of post hardcore bands, you know, they walk up with either like they're either in their super like swaggy new age outfits, you know, we're wearing like Supreme and a little bag or, you know, whatever they wear, or they're in their like super tight pants, you know, button down shirt and, you know, looking, you know, like it's extremely too tight and looking, you know, like they're in a post hardcore band, like, cause they sing really high and stuff. And I was like, how can I, completely not look like how can i just like completely just be me and i was like dude rock the hat with a fish hook put the shades on (laughs) and just look super douchey like look like white (laughs) just look like white trash and i was like oh okay cool and it like it hit everybody like everybody on the tour every every show we played there was like compliments on the glasses there was people that made fun of me there's people that loved it. It was awesome. It was just like people were talking about it. And like people were coming up to me after the show and be like, yo, were you the guy with the glasses? I was like, yeah, I was the guy with the glasses. <laughs> like, they're right here. They're on, they're right. on my hat. <laughs> you know what you, you, you remind me of? And this is a crazy uh, analogy, but it's it, it's really true. Uh, if you wa- I watched an early interview with King Diamond from Merciful Fate from like the early 80s, dude. And the guy is first off so well-spoken and he had just the earring like you too. 
and just the stash <laughs> with the glasses. So that goes along. But he's very well spoken and he was saying very similar things to like, you know, how he doesn't really fit in, how he tries to be different, how sometimes he sings way hot, but that he likes it and that he invites yeah. people to love him or hate him and that like his divisiveness is part like part of the thing. But yeah. when you speak to him, he's so normal and laid back and like he yeah. understands it and the way that you talk about it, I swear to God, I encourage you to go online and go and just type in like uh, King Diamond. And if you look that up, anybody listening to this, like it, it's great because he's also such a great ambassador for metal. And I know that you're an 80s metal guy. And if you haven't seen it, just watching King Diamond speak with his accent is fucking fantastic. Yeah, I want to, I want to like, I was talking to, so the guy that was filling in on, on guitar for, for Scary Kids, he uh, he's pretty... He's doing okay on TikTok. He's doing pretty well. Um, and he was like, dude, you should really like, because I've already been doing, I was kind of doing this with Jelly, but instead of like a, a trucker hat, I was wearing a cowboy hat. Um, and so on, you know, on this run, I was really like fitting into the persona. And, and he was like, dude, you should really like take this and apply it to like your, your social media because like this is a, a character and a uh, he was like this is you know this is you like you're you're being yourself he was like but also like you could take this as a character and and really just brand yourself and 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 i was like dude i've been thinking about that i've been thinking about just like creating this like persona for online but i, I don't want to like i want to be super over the top but i also don't want to be to the point where people like are too scared to like come talk to me live because they think I'll mm -hmm. be an asshole. But yeah. like, but I'm sure. not, cause I'm not, I mean, I don't think you have, you don't have that vibe. So I yeah. think you'll be no. okay. No, you're super genuine. I mean, yeah, 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 but I can understand that it's hard. You have to maintain kind of a public persona without, yeah, without yeah. creating too much yeah. of a barrier between and, you and the people that appreciate you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm super yeah, excited to see what uh, Paul, our the artist that does the artwork for 2020, does with your uh, your promo pick. I think oh, he'll make you into good. a cartoon. That's yeah. something so, that please, we do for every guest. Yeah, yeah. So, please do. Uh, and I've been anyway, waiting. Yeah, I've been so waiting for someone to get me into the front a at the beginning of this episode. You can, if anyone missed it, you can go back and you'll be able to see it. Um, but we are at the end of of hour one with Cody Ash. Uh, this has been awesome, man, and I, I, I feel like now, now we can start diving a little deeper. Um, you've been touring for a while. I'm sure there's some tour stories. There's other fun things we can talk about. Uh, so much but, left to talk about. But for anyone that wants to check you out, uh, obviously the YouTube, uh, it looks like uh, Instagram is, is at Cody Ash Drums. Uh, anything else you want to plug right now for our listeners and or viewers? Uh, yeah, just Instagram, YouTube, at Cody Ash Drums. Uh, Go follow my boy Miguel uh, at Miguel Rivera Films. Uh, go follow my buddy J, uh, ZJ uh, at ZJ.me. And then, um, yeah, go listen to, to Jelly Roll. Which we'll get into in part two. We're going to get oh. into all how the continuation of your career. So everyone yes, listening, you've been 2020. Stay tuned for part two with Cody Ash. It's just the beginning. Thank you, as always, for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-d.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 89, featuring Mikey Doling of Snot and Shannon Larkin of Godsmack. Check it out. Um, Casey Chaos, I mean, the name couldn't be any more fitting. Um, when he's on the stage, I mean, he would jump up on the marshal with a head and a cabinet and the marshal be doing this. Oh my you God. You know, and Sonny be rocking. 
and then he'd jump off and fly into the drum set and drums would fly and Shannon's still crushing whatever's in front of him and people were trying to put it back up and they'd hit the drum in their face while they're trying to set it up and, and then Casey would come over right after a setup and just grab the cymbal and throw it across the stage like they just put that back this is in front of fucking 80,000 people <laughs> In England, and I was sitting on stage like these are my bros. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Well, hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack. Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.